With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Just the Bible Will Do podcast with Pastor Jonathan Smith. I want to take this moment and say thank you so very much for taking the time to listen to the podcast today. And I hope that something we say will be a blessing and a help to you as you go through your day. If you are listening to this podcast via YouTube, please feel free to leave a comment. Let us know that you're listening. If you are listening to it on one other on any other station, feel free to send me an email at pastorsmith387 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. I do apologize for missing last week's broadcast, but it was mine and my wife's 10-year anniversary. And uh, so we took off and we went down to Mexico and to Grand Cayman Islands for a week and had a great time. And we've came back and been relaxed and refreshed and glad to be back around the Word of God. Let's get started this evening with the Word of Prayer. My dear gracious Father, Lord, we want to thank you, God, for another opportunity to gather around your Word. Lord, we pray that we can take something from your Word today and learn from it. And Lord, we pray today that if there be anyone here that's lost and undone without you, that you will save them before it's eternally too late. God, if there's someone that's listening that is backslidden today, Lord, we pray that you will reach in their heart today and that you will draw them back so that they can live a life that is pleasing and acceptable unto you. Lord, we pray today for those today that may be sick and afflicted. Lord, we pray that you will touch them. And help them, Lord, and heal them if it be thy will. And all these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. If you have your Bibles today, go with me to the book of James, chapter number 2 today. James, chapter number 2. When we got together last time, we dealt with partiality. We're dealing with the Christian and his brethren. And we dealt with how partiality is a sin against the Lord. Today I want to go to a second part here. And I want us to deal with partiality, a sin against the law. We will be dealing today in verse number 8 through verse number 13. The Bible says in verse number 8, If you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye shall do well. We see here that James is defining the royal law. This is a direct quotation from the law of Moses out of the book of Leviticus chapter number 19, verse number 17 through 18. We know that James here has often heard the various commandments of the law discussed in his home and had heard much of the Lord's teachings 
on the question of the law. So we know here that the Lord's teachings was not foreign to James. We know that the Lord's teachings here were spontaneously uh, thought up and was delivered on the spur of the moment. We know that the Lord was able to give parable after parable after parable and there was times that when the Lord gave parables, He referenced the law. But we know that He didn't come because He was the law, but He came to fulfill the law. So that now we're no longer under the law, but now we are under grace. We know that the Lord here, if you got over into the, uh, I believe it's the book of Luke, and you have a gentleman that is a lawyer, who's, and he is, uh, the Lord's given a parable, and he gave the parable of the Good Samaritan. And when you read the parable of the Good Samaritan, there's several things about that that you could learn. You could learn that it was a parable against racial and religious prejudice. And today, friend, unfortunately, even though we're in 2021, or 2022, sorry, we still deal with racial prejudice. And we still deal with religious prejudice. And I want to say today, friend, that in the family of God, there is no room and no excuse for religious or racial prejudice. I am very disappointed at those who call themselves Christians who are prejudiced people. I want to say today that God did not die just for the white man. God didn't die just for the black man. God didn't die just for the Latino man or woman. But God himself gave his life for all mankind so that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. God does not care whether you're white, black, Latino, Chinese, Vietnamese, Japanese. He doesn't care what you are. As long as you call upon the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved. I'm going to go a step further today. We have, in our church age that we're living in, we have taken and we have became a... a a, we have became prejudiced toward those that may not believe like we believe. We are quick to jump on the Methodist or the Presbyterian. We're quick to jump on the Lutheran, the Wesleyan, the Pentecostal. I want to say today, friend, it's not re, it is not religion that gets you into heaven, but it's the blood of Christ that will get you into heaven. When the Lord gave the parable of the Good Samaritan, realize here that the Good Samaritan paid in full though uh, the tab of the fellow man that he was taking care of. Notice this. The Good Samaritan did not wait on the one that was down to come to him in order to help him, but the Good Samaritan went down to where the one that was hurting was to help them. I want to say today, friend, that us as Christians, if we're going to be successful Christians, if we're going to win this world to God, 
We're not going to have to wait on the world to come to the church to get the help that they need. But as a, us as a church needs to go into all the world, just like Jesus commanded us to, and share the gospel. I don't care if you share it to the black man, the white man, the Latino man, the Chinese man, the Vietnamese man, the Japanese man. I want you to share the gospel. I don't care if you serve it, if you share the gospel with a drunk man, a sober man, a, a religious man. I don't care if you share, share the gospel with a homosexual man or woman. Today, friend, it does not matter. The gospel does not discriminate. God does not discriminate. And you and I as Christians today should not discriminate on who we witness and give the gospel to. So we see that partiality is defined against the law of God. He said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I remember the, the gentleman that w the Lord told this to, and he, he asked the Lord this question, Who is my neighbor? I want to tell you who your neighbor is. Your neighbor is every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every person that you come in contact with is your neighbor. And today, friend, when we look at it that way, a lot of things would change. I want to say today that it goes against the law of God. The law was defined here. He said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye shall do well. We know that Paul would agree with James with love for one another. If you went over to Romans chapter number 13, verse number 8 through 10, Paul wrote, For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thy Self. We know that the spirit of the royal law runs deep. When we think about that today, that the law of loving your neighbor is being willing to make sacrifices for your neighbor. Moving on today, not only is the law, the royal law here, defined. But secondly today, in verse number 9 through verse number 13, we see the royal law is defied. Verse number 9, But if you have respect to persons, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Verse number 9, we see here that to discriminate against people is a sin. The word here for transgressors literally means one who oversteps. A transgressor breaks through a boundary. A transgressor goes too far. A transgressor breaks the law of God. God does not want cliques in his church because those who belong to cliques go too far. When we think about that today, I think about those who discriminate against certain people. We've got those that discriminate against white people, against black people, against Hispanics, against all other races. But it goes a step further than that. We've got some that discriminate because of some's lifestyle. 
We've got some that discriminate because of what church someone may attend or what Bible someone may use. Friend, that's not up to you and I to discriminate because of that. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 14, verse number 12, So then let every man give an account of himself to who? God. So if we believe Romans 14, 12 and give an account of ourselves toward God, you and I have no reason to discriminate against those who we think are wrong in the eyes of God. I've heard people say, well, I just couldn't, I just couldn't go to those places and be with all those sinners. Why? Jesus did. Jesus sat down at a table full of sinners and shared the love of God. If you're not willing to sit down with a group of sinners and share the love of God with them, who will? If you're not willing to go to those who are down and out and share the love of God with them, who will? I'll never forget a few months ago I was working in a homeless shelter. And it was a really sad place to work in, a really depressing place to work in, just to be honest with you. And I walked in and there was a sign on the wall and I was reading the different signs on the wall and one sign was written and you could tell it was written by what appeared to be a homeless person. And it said the way to be positive every day is to be thankful for what you have. And you know, there's a lot of times that we discriminate against the homeless people because, well, we say, well, they could get a job and they could do this and they could do that and they could live better. The reason they're living the way they're living is because that's the lifestyle they chose. And that may be true. But it's still up to you and I to go to that homeless person and share the gospel with them. There is no place in the house of God and there's no place in Christianity for discrimination. We see here that James, going through the 13 verses of this epistle, is in pain to see what the church see that the church remained that way. He wanted to see that the church remained free from prejudice, discrimination, and partiality. Such attitudes are sinful in the sight of of God. There is no big eyes and little U's in the family of God. We are family. We are all forgiven by the same God. We are all washed by the same blood. We are all cleansed by the same Holy Spirit. We have the same God indwelling in all of us. And today, friend, just because you may dress different than I do, just because you may talk different than I do, just because you believe different than I do, does not give me the right to discriminate against you as a believer. Moving on. So when we look here, not only do we see in verse number 9 an example, verse number 10 says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offended in one point is guilty of 
it all. James here says he confronts his readers here with a revealing fact. Number one, the first fact is declared. If you offend the law in one point, you have offended the entire law. I was teaching on this a few Wednesday nights ago in our church when I was talking about in the book of Romans about how it is impossible for you and I to keep the entire law. Well, preacher, I believe I can do that. All right, let's put it to the test. The, the Bible says in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, I've not committed adultery. It says thou shalt not kill. I've not killed anything. The Bible says that um, I, thou shalt not steal. Well, I haven't stole anything. Hold up, let me ask you a question. Have you ever taken one of those ink pens from the bank or from your insurance agent or from someone and it didn't belong to you and you didn't mean to take it? Then you've stolen. But I didn't do it intentionally. No, that ain't the point. The law didn't say if you did it intentionally or not. The law said, thou shalt not steal. That proves today, friend, that we're not saved by our works. But we're saved by grace. Not only is the fact declared, but the fact is demonstrated. Verse 11, For he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. Today, friend, you and I sin each and every day. We have to go to God multiple times a day and say, God, forgive me because I have sinned. So we see the explanation of the law. Remember, the rich young ruler wanted to know what he had to do to inherit the eternal life. The Lord looked at him and said, Keep the commandments. He said, I've kept all of them from my youth up. Jesus said, one thing thou lackest, go and sell all thy goods and give to the poor. In other words, love thy neighbor as thyself. Come and follow me. The rich young ruler, you'll never find, gave up anything to follow God. The problem is today we have that same problem. Certain sins do not tempt us at all. But we all have at least one area in our life which is very vulnerable. And to break just one of God's commandments just time, one time is all it takes to constitute one a sinner and a transgressor. This is why God put salvation on a different basis other than personal Merit, Because you and I could not inherit salvation through personal merit. But we must accept it through the grace of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. So not only do I see an explanation. Verse number 12 and verse number 13. I see a. Good policy. See, preacher, how do, you, how do you see that going with verse 12? So speak ye, and so do, as they 
that shall be judged by the law of, hold up, liberty. How shall we be judged by the law of liberty? Because God himself has set us free from sin and free from this key word, legalism. Legalism has run rampant in the Baptist faith. It has run rampant in the Pentecostal holiness faith. I'm not throwing stones at this point. I'm stating facts. If your hair wasn't a certain length, you wasn't saved. If you had tattoos, you wasn't saved. If you wore if you wore shorts, uh, if you wore tank tops, uh, if you had a TV, if you had an internet, if you had internet, uh, if you listened to this type of music, if your church sung that type of a music, then you wasn't inside of the will of God. I'm glad today I'm not saved based on my merits, but I'm saved by the grace of God. When we think about that, we read in the Gospels, where Jesus rode a donkey into the town. Remember that? We celebrated Palm Sunday a few weeks ago. And when you study it out, there were three facts that was connected to a donkey. Number one, the donkey had to be redeemed. If you went over to Exodus chapter number 13 and verse number 13, you would see that the law of Moses commanded that the firstborn of a donkey or an ass had to be redeemed by a lamb, or its neck had to be broken. So this donkey was born under the sentence of death. Either the donkey had to die, or the lamb had to die in its stead. But it was redeemed in its life when a man by the name of Jesus decided that he needed to ride the donkey. Not only did it need to be redeemed, but second of all, it needed to be released. How do you get that, preacher? Because if you go over to the book of Matthew, chapter number 21, you will find out that the Lord told his disciples, you'll find the colt loot tied up. He said, loose him and bring him to me. Today, friend, you and I were bound by the cords of religion. You and I were bound by the cords of sin. And you and I were on our pathway to hell. But God himself not only came to the world to redeem the world so that you and I could be free, but he came to you and I and he released us of the sin debt that we was under. He released us from the the death penalty of our sin. And he's redeemed us and he released us from that. And you and I are now no longer servants of Satan, but you and I are now children of God. And our Father sits at the right... our, our God sits, our, uh, our, our advocate sits at the right hand of God, making intercession for us, uh, pleading on our behalf. He acts as a lawyer so that you and I can live free. Thirdly, today, this donkey had to be ruled. When you think about that, the donkey was not set free so that it could run and gallop wherever it pleased. But it was brought to Christ and put under his authority and restraint. And that illustrates the perfect law of liberty. You and I are not saved so that you and I can go out and live like the world, do like the world, and say the things of the world. But you and I were saved to bring glory and honor to Christ. You and I today were not only redeemed, we were not only released, but we become under the supreme authority of God and of the word of God. 
God. It'll do some of you as Christians today really good to realize that you do not report to your pastor. You do not report to a social club. You do not report to to a church to see if you're pleasing them or not. But you and I must report to God to make sure that our lifestyle and our legacy is in the will of God. I don't have to give an account to my pastor when I die. I don't have to give an account to my church when I die. I don't have to give an account to my family when I die. But I must give an account to God when I die. And I want to make sure that on this side of eternity, he says, well done. But much more than that, I want to make sure on the other side of eternity, he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I'm glad today, friend, that I'm under the ruling of Christ. He said, therefore, I've come to make you free so that you can be what? Free indeed. We are free from the servitude of the law and free to serve the Lord. Free to be under his authority. Free to lift him up before men. Thus shall we anticipate with joyful expectation the day that we shall be judged by the law of liberty. So I want to ask you a question today. What have you done with your liberty? James in verse number 13 says, For he shall have judgment without mercy, that has showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Mercy is a tremendous word. It reminds us of the person who had his photograph taken and was not satisfied with with the result. He complained to the father, to the photographer, this picture doesn't do me justice. The photographer replied, said, Sir, what you need is not justice, but mercy. You and I today do not need justice from God, but you and I today need mercy. Mercy, it is the word of a guilty and suffering man. It is the word of someone whose hands is in, whose life is in the hands of another. One who has the power to do with what is requested. And dealing today is to provide mercy. God's mercy is what first opened our eyes and then the mouth of Balaam's donkey. He had a little creature not seen. The threatening angel acted accordingly. Balaam would have ridden in the judgment. Mercy was what held twice back the hand of David from slaying Shimei. Um, it was mercy that moved the heart of the Lord Jesus to take up the the cause of the woman who committed adultery. It was mercy when God came to us and showed us our lost condition and showed us that we was on our way to hell. It was mercy that cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It was mercy that caused Christ to rise up from the grave on the third day so that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. It's because of mercy we can say, say, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory. It's because of mercy today, friend, that you and I can say, I am a child of God. It's because of mercy today, friend, you can say, I'm no longer a child of Satan. I'm not going to hell. But it's because of mercy today, I can say, my life belongs to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's because of mercy today, friend, you can say that I am not going to hell. But my home 
is in heaven. It is because of mercy today that you can say this world is my temporary home. I'm just a pilgrim passing through. My treasures aren't laid up on this side, but they're laid up over yonder beyond the blue. I thank God for mercy. Mercy that God grants to us each and every day. The mercy of God is something that you and I will never be able to fully comprehend. That you and I will never be able to fully understand. But one thing today, friend, we have experienced the mercy of God. The mercy of God, the grace of God, the love of God compiled together is enough to blow our mind as a Christian. But today, friend, I want to say I'm grateful for the mercy of God. I want to say today, I have enjoyed teaching today out of James chapter number 2. And dealing with partiality, how it goes against the law. And I want to say I'm grateful today that I'm no longer bound under the law. But I'm under the law of liberty of God. I'm glad that God came by my way one day. And he released me. Or he redeemed me. He released me. And now he rules me. I want to say thank you so very much for listening to the podcast today. I hope something that we said has been a help and a blessing to you. Please feel free to send me an email. Let me know that you're listening. My email address is pastorsmith387 at gmail.com. I want to say, if you are listening in, in Canada, feel free to send me an email. Let me know you're listening. I was looking the other day, and I'm going to be quick here and wrap this up. I was looking the other day at the website and it shows me everywhere that is listed that is listened to our broadcast i see that we are in 14 different states and we're probably up a little bit more than that now we're in 14 different states and we're also in canada and if you are listening in one if you are listening in another state besides the state of north carolina i would love to hear from you Tell me how you found the podcast. If you are listening in Canada, please shoot me an email. Let me know how you found the podcast. It, it, would, be, it would encourage me. It would help me um, tremendously. Um, as we look over, uh, I'm counting up the states right now as we speak. Looks like 16 different states that we are represented in right now. Uh, the states of North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Texas, South Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, Massachusetts, Nebraska, Maryland, Indiana, Arkansas, Wisconsin, New York, Missouri, District of Columbia, Connecticut, and Michigan. Thank you guys so very much for listening to the podcast. And I would love to hear from you. Let me know how you heard about the podcast, how you found me. It also looks like we're reaching up into British Columbia, Canada. 
And it is nothing that I've done. It is all by the grace and the help of God that you found the podcast, and I hope that it is a blessing to you. So feel free to shoot me an email. Again, my email address is pastorsmith387 at gmail.com. If you are watching this podcast or listening to it on YouTube, feel free to drop me a comment below and say, hey, I listened to the podcast. And uh, that will be a blessing and a help to me as well. Thank you so very much for listening. Let's close out in a word of prayer. My dear Gracia, Father, Lord, thank you so very much for allowing us to come around the word of God today. Lord, we pray that something that was said will be a blessing and a help to someone in their life today. Thank you, God, for redeeming us, releasing us, and ruling over us as Christians. God, for without you we can do nothing, and without you we are nothing. God, we want to thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for going to a cross to die so that you and I can have life and have it more abundantly. And all these things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you again so much for listening. Keep looking up. Jesus is coming soon. Until we meet again.